Welcome everyone to the St. Mark's podcast. Today we have Rob Schwartz, our administrative coordinator at St. Mark's Episcopal Church. He is, uh, that's the most understated title on our staff because Rob is a jack of all trades and he's also mid uh, Masters of Divinity degree at Lexington Theological Seminary for the United Church of Christ where Rob will be ordained in a few years, and we're just so fortunate to have him with us. So today he's our surprise guest as Peter and Justin are away um, tending to their families who've, all, who've experienced uh, deaths in their families. So our hearts and prayers go out for them. And Rob and I today will tackle Sunday's gospel. I'm the preacher, so I get the hot seat. And Rob, we have a very uh, spicy gospel this week. Uh, basically, it's a rich man's world turned upside down. So let's read the gospel. Let's get into it. Okay. Thank you for is, having me here. Yeah, it's this so fun. This is fun. This is going to be a good one. Um, so Mark 10, 17 to 31 goes like this. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. The gospel Ooh. of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Mm-hmm. We getting sweaty yet? This you know, is, this is pretty intense. You know, here's think, well, here's a good lesson for people. The last several weeks, I mean, we've had a. It's been a rough start of topics to cover in Mark. I mean, we had Jesus calling a woman a dog. Jesus is saying, you know, cut off your arm, gouge out your eye. 
We've got last week the whole thing on divorce, and now Jesus is saying, at stewardship time, it's tough for a rich man to get into heaven, or a rich person to get into heaven. And, uh, and last week when you guys were doing this and I looked ahead to the reading, I started laughing and saying, yeah, have fun with that one. And now I'm in the hot seat. So it's just a lesson for everybody watching and listening, you know, never uh, make fun of somebody's situation because right. you never know when you're it'll shot, be you. You're shot in Freud. Shot <laughs> That's right. right. Here's my shout in Freud moment. <laughs> oh man. Um, so, yeah. What do you make of this? He, he's got this, um, Jesus again, setting out on a journey. We don't, really know where he's he's going this time but this man runs up and kneels before him and asks him good teacher what must i do to inherit eternal life what do you make of that what's eternal life you know i i think um i mean this is kind of a an eschatological passage here that we're reading you know it's it's kind of trying to understand um you know the life beyond our life here uh you know kind of who who moves on to heaven in a sense, you know, who is saved, as some would say. And um, this is what's kind of on the, the man's mind. And, you know, Jesus asks him, you know, or the, the man says, I've done all these different commandments. I've I followed them, you know, to the T, so to speak. And yet mm-hmm. he's still kind of worried about, you know, what what else am I missing? What else do I have to do here? Mm-hmm. This term eternal life is dicey. I think in Mark, it's not it's not really clear to me that it means the afterlife paradise. Uh, you know, so I think in sometimes in Jewish tradition, it meant uh, more the life that's to come in this age, but, but when justice is here and when, you know, Israel is restored, has its kingdom restored and, you know, the eternal life where justice prevails and everybody, you know, is on top again. Or um, it could be the afterlife, but I have the sense that this man is very unfulfilled and he's you know, he's checked all the boxes. He's a very faithful Jew. Um, however, he's got all these possessions. And um, so he, there's something missing. He feels like, how do I get into your group? I mean, how do I, what do I do? I don't feel it. And it's not, it hasn't happened yet. So yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe Jesus, uh, he's addressing that. Well, and it kind of, you know, it's, 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 this is kind of like when you have a, a, a teacher, me being in seminary right now, it's like kind of when you have a, a professor who really wants to push you at something and like, you know, go a little deeper. I really want you to learn here. So they're going to give you a, a tough assignment or a tough task or something like that. And Jesus is kind of in the teacher role saying, okay, well, if you, you know, you want to follow me, you want to see what more you can gain out of this. Mm-hmm. That's great, but I'm going to give you a tough task. And I'm telling you, go sell you know, all your things, give the money to the poor. Mm-hmm. And, and this man is, it's kind of like the student who just bails and says, you know what? I'm really not that interested in this class. That's <laughs> okay. Audit. Yeah, I, I'll just audit. I'll sit, I'll sit in. Because um, I, I really think this is less about the money um, mm-hmm. than it is about what we're prioritizing in a sense, you know, Jesus is saying, you know, is it more important that, that you follow me mm-hmm. um, or, you know, or that, you know, you, you go down this path or mm-hmm. are you so beholden to your things, to your, your material things? Right. Absolutely. I, I'm a, I definitely think it's more about the, the clinging than about the money. And I think if we, you know, he, and he goes away shocked, he's shocked. I mean, one of the reasons I think he's shocked is that uh, the, the tradition always held up wealth or money as a sign of favor right. from God. I mean, the Proverbs are filled with, you know, the Lord blesses those who do good and all that. And, you know, I mean, the whole prosperity gospel grows out they, of that. They probably don't like this passage very much. Not so much, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, 
you know, he lacks this one thing to give it all away. And, uh, you know, it's so hard for people to let go of their things. But, um, you know, as you said, it's probably a lot more about something else than about money itself. And um, to me, I feel like insert thing that we can't let go of, you know, oh, yeah, money's like the euphemism for whatever we can't let go of. Um, but what do you make of this? You shall not defraud. I mean, there's there's the we 11th commandment. the language here. Right? Yeah. It's like, how do we go about it? And, and mm-hmm. here he's saying, you know, mm-hmm. actually taking advantage of people, defrauding them. Yeah. I mean, that's not in the, that's not in the Ten Commandments. Right. So some people say maybe that's the shan't covet commandment, but that feels like a stretch. Hmm. I don't know. But that, that's a little extra commandment Jesus throws in. <laughs> that's one guy. Um, but uh, I think I read something about how in the first century wealth main source of gaining wealth was to like buy up little agricultural properties and sort of um, hoard like hoarding land in a way and then taking advantage, leasing it back to the poor farmer. Um, and then they would kind of shore up their wealth, wealth and, and defraud that way. So maybe Jesus is on to this little scheme that's going around and, and maybe this is how he, the man got his many possessions. But, um, but I don't know. I think that's interesting. That jumped out at me as a little extra commandment that i haven't heard before well and 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 kind of going to your you know eternal life thing there and that it's really about you know justice and and balance you know Mm -hmm. a time of where things are actually balanced and fair um it makes me think of um and all this there's a, a face mask I bought uh, from this company, the Happy Givers, and we're not sponsored, by the way. Uh, but no, but one of the things it says is uh, people over profit. And what I liked about it is it's saying kind of, again, what are you prioritizing? You know, mm-hmm. is, uh, is are, what you're seeking, are you doing it at the expense of others? Yeah. I mean, this is extreme. It's not, it's not you know, give an offering or send in your pledge or... Uh, anything like that. It's sell everything you have and give the money to the poor and come and follow me. No wonder he's shocked and goes away grieving. I mean, I think any of us would um, think, think, have to go away and think about it, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, even uh, the disciples are shocked when yes, they start talking about right. it. Right. I mean, they, like, don't, they don't seem to have as much as this man, but, but even they are shocked. Yeah. And, uh, but there are people who, you know, I think... Um, it's interesting in in a commentary I read, it uh, says how in the modern age, we've institutionalized this command of Jesus. And so now we have orders where, where mm. people will go take a vow of poverty. And, you know, they do give everything they have because there's something to frame it and they get to live together and they don't need, they share everything. And, and it's, and it really is a um, echo of what happened in the early church where people did for a short time share everything in common and they they had enough because they had everybody else's stuff too and you know it was all available to all of them so we we kind of find a way to fulfill it and some people go and do this you know follow this command to to follow jesus this way um but what does it mean to every one of us i think jesus really meant um there's a there's a little rich man in, in, in each of us who can't really let go of something and it keeps us from going all the way to follow Jesus. And so let's move on to the second part. You know, Jesus says, um, he looks around now at his disciples. He's had this conversation with the rich man who's gone away grieving. It's the only uh, call of Jesus where someone doesn't respond by coming, but by going away. Right. And um, I think that's interesting. And it's there's a very realistic 
tone in that exchange. But now he's on to the disciples who, you know, he looks around and he says to them, how hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Um, And the disciples also were perplexed at these words. And then he calls them children. How hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. Um, Yeah. And then he has this whole analogy of a camel going through the eye of a needle. Um, It's easier for a camel, you know, the, the needle, I guess, maybe even the real needle than for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. And they're all greatly astounded. Then who can be saved? So what do you think? What do you think of this? Well, you know, it's funny. And and this passage in particular, um, I remember um, I had been told a while ago, uh, I think my uncle had told me the kind of the story that's kind of followed this along that some people thought there was an actual gate in Jerusalem that was mm-hmm. so small that for a camel to get through it, it would have to kind of bend down on its knees to get through. And then, you know, as I was like, well, I hadn't heard that. So I looked it up and, and you know, they kind of have said in commentaries that it's not necessarily a, mm-hmm. there wasn't actually a, a, such a gate, mm-hmm. but that I can see how it, uh, you know, I right. see how it tries to fit in with uh, the story here and the message of kind of humbling yourself. Uh-huh. Um, but as you said, you know, the, the, the kind of Jewish teaching that a lot of them would have had is that, you know, good things happening to you are because you're faithful and things mm-hmm. like that. And so mm-hmm. I can see them being like, wait a second. So all these things that have come my way now, it's all right. of a sudden like a, a stumbling block for me. Right. Um, and, and I think we see this a lot with the disciples, you know, they, they weren't like know-it-alls. So often we see them going, Jesus, what the <laughs> heck are you saying here? And so I think we see ourselves a lot in the disciples sometimes where mm-hmm. we're kind of, you know, as the, the readers, as the listeners to these, these uh, accounts and these stories, we're like, okay, yeah. you know, we're along with you guys for the ride here, trying to figure it out too. Yeah, right. Um, oh, go on. No, go, keep going. No, 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 that's okay. <laughs> I mean, he said, Jesus says, for mortals, it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Um, so I've, I'm interested that in, in the last week's gospel, we had this passage about Jesus, you know, received the kingdom of God as, as a child, and he brings all the children onto his knee. And, um, you know, that, that message is it's so easy to enter. You know, any anyone could come if you just have the heart of a child or... Um, but, and, and that's where I feel like maybe that's the wrong reading of that passage. Cause I think mm. it was hard for the disciples to accept the children. And I think maybe it means, um, you know, if you can't accept the children or, you know, in other words, the completely powerless, uh, useless creatures in, in the world, then you can't enter the kingdom. Um, so the, if you can't receive the marginalized, you can't enter the kingdom. And here, if you're clinging to all your stuff, you can't enter so to me, that would be a more logical reading. It made me think twice about last week's reading um, that children, uh, it's not about being the child as much as receiving the one who was like the first century child. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah. there's two difficult high bars of entering the, the kingdom. So, um, but, but for mortals, and for mortals, it's impossible, but God makes all things possible. So to me, this it brings back this idea of Jesus as, uh, you know, this wisdom teacher. He's not setting up a bunch of rules or boxes for everyone to check. And then they finally enter. Yeah. It's more this inner, you know, the inner transformation that none of us can do without God working on us or leading us into this whole different mindset and change of heart. Um, you know, they really see this kind of linear 
analog way forward. Well, and I wonder if, you know, we were talking about there was something missing, right, for the, the man at the beginning of this, you know, he's doing all these things himself. What's missing? Mm-hmm. Is it possible that God wasn't part of that equation mm-hmm. in, a, in a way? You know, he's, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, all those talk about works and things like that, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, he's, he's almost like, I'm trying to earn my way. I'm right. trying to do all these things and not saying, look, Jesus is like, no matter what, it's impossible for you, you right. know, only for God, right. you know, are these things possible. So it's like, I mean, to me, that's the amazing thing about grace when we talk about this idea of grace is mm-hmm. that, you know, that, that no matter what, you know, we, we stumble, we fall, we mess up, we sin, right? right? I mean, we're just humans by our nature, we're, we sin, we screw up, but that God is always extending mm-hmm. that offer to be in relationship with God. Right. And so I think it's like, the missing piece here is, you know, you need God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I do, I have the practice of contemplative, like contemplative practice of centering prayer. And in that, the idea is to let your thoughts go, you know, just moment by moment. And you sort of empty your yourself of, of thinking. And, you know, you mm. can't really stop the thoughts coming, but, but you can let them go. And that's the whole idea. That's the entire practice. Nice. And so it's, it's so simple. And yet it's impossible, you know, I mean, you really think, ah, that was a terrible session, <laughs> you know, or whatever. But the idea is, did you let the thought go? And that's really all there is to the practice. And so one of the teachers um, I, I follow in that practice says, you know, it's the simplest, hardest thing that you can do. Mm. And I feel like that's kind of what Jesus is getting at here, that, you know, it's actually impossible, but of course it's possible, you know. And it's, it's simple. It's the simplest, hardest thing. Yeah. So I, I think I appreciate that, you know, Jesus, it's, it's all true. It's total paradox. So now we get to Peter and, and Peter says, but we've done it. You know, we have left everything and followed you. It's as if to say, but how, you know, how are we in? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Really we've been doing all this. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me how you respond to Jesus' response to Peter. Well, I, you know, what I like is that... Um, Right. I mean, you know, you have people who have left their jobs, their families, right? We've got all these fishermen who just packed up and followed and, and, you know, people from all walks of life. And, um, you know, I, I highlighted little things in here and he's, you know, when I, I look at it, he's saying that basically there's no one who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age. So he's saying, yeah, you're leaving things behind, but what do you gain in this, mm-hmm. in, in just this age? Mm-hmm. And I don't think all of a sudden that's saying, hey, if you give money, you're going to get tons of money in return. <laughs> that's not, this is not the prosperity gospel kind of stuff. <laughs> right. But what he's saying is all of a sudden you've got all these other people who have entered mm-hmm. into this, all these people with their houses and their families and all of this. And now you're a part of kind mm-hmm. of, it goes back to that, that kind of early society that we read about in the beginning of Acts when they're all sharing mm-hmm. and things like mm-hmm. that. I mm-hmm. think it's this image of we're all in this together kind of a thing. And I think that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's powerful. Yeah, it is. Um, I guess, yeah, I feel like, Jesus is constantly bringing us around to, you know, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing outside of you that, that makes the difference as much as what's, what you, what happens to the inside of you and, Mm. you know, this inner transformation and, um, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty convoluted. I think what he's saying here, because he throws in, you know, there's no one who's hasn't given up everything who will receive a hundredfold 
with persecutions. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know? there's a little like, bad stuff mixed in there, too. <laughs> yeah, but we have to remember, I think the people of Mark's time were, were totally persecuted. I mean, they were living at risk of their lives to be Christian, and um, so it resonated, probably, but it was really the community they were part of that shored them up. And, well, um, and, and we get this, um, you know, I mean, Jesus is always flipping expecta- people's expectations on their heads, kind of, you know, mm-hmm, I mean, just the mm-hmm. idea he wasn't, um, you know, what they expected as a Messiah, right? He was, um, the pe- the company he kept wasn't what they thought, uh, you know, yeah. a leader right. would be keeping. Um, and then always that first and last, last and mm-hmm, first, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, I always, I love, um, and I think it's in Matthew's gospel where he said, well, you've heard it said, but I say, and mm-hmm. it's always kind of like, okay, there's a, you know, new ways of understanding things mm-hmm. and seeing things. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's trying to, um, you know, kind of hone people's, the way they're thinking. Yeah. Here. I think that's the third time he says that, for yeah. the, but many who are first will be last and the last will be first. I think he's got a, I think he's trying to make a point. Yeah. Again. <laughs> he's like, just yeah. in case you missed it the first two times. Wow, lots to think about, Rob. Absolutely. i got to find a sermon in here somewhere. So. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, wish me luck. Thank you for listening. Please like and share and subscribe to our podcast. And do send your feedback. We love your comments. We love them on all yep. the... Where do we get uh, their comments? If you're watching this on YouTube, you know you can write down below in the comment section. Um, we do read them each week. Some people send us um, emails directly, uh, info at stmarksnewcanaan.org. So there's different places you can uh, hit us up and make sure you're liking and subscribing and uh, even rating us because people who rate and review us on the podcast version, the audio version, uh, that helps us show up in more people's feeds and things like that. So we're really trying to, uh, if you're enjoying it, we want other people to enjoy this as well. And, uh, and I have to say uh, some of the comments that we've gotten that, you know, they make me laugh and they make us think a lot. Um, I know Marsha wrote in uh, just last week and said, you guys are really tough on Jesus this week. So hopefully Elizabeth and I were a little bit easier on Jesus. <laughs> That's why we week. invited Rob. That's right. Yeah. Easier on Jesus. <laughs> we, we got rid Thanks. of Peter and Justin so they could give Jesus a break this week. <laughs> yeah. Go, go, go think about what they've said. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. Rob, thanks for joining Thank me today. Thank you for having it's me. It's been so great to talk with you and I look forward to, um, seeing what comes up on Sunday. Thank you. Same here. Have a good weekend, everyone. We we love you. We uh, pray for you. And we can't wait to see you in church. See you soon.